morning in God, we're all different, but we're all united under the same banner of God. And we can celebrate our differences this morning. And we can say it's a good thing to be different. It would be, it would be very boring, wouldn't it, if we were all exactly the same, if we all had exactly the same outlook and the same view and the same way of doing things, if we all looked the same, you know, it, 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 it wouldn't be um, very interesting, it would be very boring. There's a rich tapestry of life found in God. Amen. And, and we, we can look at the whole of creation and you see that God revels in variety. He, 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 there's so much in his, his natural creation, so many different things, and we, 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 we're filled with awe and wonder as we look at natural creation, and we look at different animals and different plants, and we look at you know, fantastic mountains and, and, and beautiful lakes and things like that. There's such a variety there to, to feast our eyes upon. But it's the same with us as God's people. He's made us in many different ways. And, and that's what we celebrate in the, this morning. We're celebrating those differences. Not only that, I think that those differences are really important. Paul talks about the body, doesn't he? The, the, the body of Christ. And he says there are many different parts to the body, but they're all united in one body. And he says things like, what good would it be if all the body were, were an eye? You know, where would the hearing be? Yeah. Or, if, you know, so, or if all the body were, were a leg or what, whatever. It wouldn't be any good. We need the variety of God to, 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 be, to fully express the, the goodness of God. So we, we need all this variety. We can't all be the same. We can't all fulfill the same function. We actually need each other. I can do my bit, but you can do your, do your bit. And your bit is a different bit to my bit. And, and together we complement one another. And, and it's the same with, with, with the different nations. As we come together and we, we've got a, a, a wealth in the variety of different nations represented in this in, the, in this church, as we come together as different nations, we're all bringing different parts. We're all bringing different, different bits that from, from our own culture, from our own background, from our own way of seeing things, from the way that we do things, and, and, it, and, it, and it comes together as a beautiful whole. Every, everybody, um, you know, playing their, their own part. And, you know... We can use our own culture to worship God and to serve God in different ways. And, and it all adds to it. You know, we have all have our own way, particular way of doing, doing things. Well, when we're exposed to a different way of doing, doing, doing it, it adds to what we've got. And we, we, we see God in a different light. You know, it's good to listen and to hear to somebody who's coming from a different perspective to you, for you are. Because they see things in a different way. And you think, I've never thought about that. Or I've never looked at that in that way. Or I've never done that in that way. And it adds to it. Doesn't it? And, and you know, if you're... Physically, if you look at an object... <coughs> 
you, if you come at it from different angles, say a building, you come at it from one direction, it looks very different from if you come at it from a different direction. And that with, with our different cultures, our different ways of looking at things, that is what we're doing. And so we're bringing, we're bringing different views, different aspects of God, and they're, they're, they're coming together um, in, 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 a, in a whole. It says in Revelation 14 and verse 6 that the, the, the angels with the eternal gospel which is to be proclaimed to every nation, every tribe, every language and every people. Right. The gospel is open to all. Right. There is no special privileged nation or people or tribe in the eyes of God. Amen. We're all different, but we are all equal. Yes. We're all equal un, un, under God. Um, it, says, it says in um, Galatians 3 and 28 that there is no Jew or Greek or slave or, feel, or free, male or female, you are all one. In Christ Jesus. So whatever our background, whatever our culture, wherever we've come from, we're all one, we're all equal in Christ. Doesn't mean that we're the same, we're all different and we all have our different qualities to bring, but we have all got an equally valuable contribution to bring. We're all equally valuable in the in the in the in the sight of, in the sight of God in um, Revela revelation again in revelation 5 and verse 9 it says with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and nation we're all equally valuable in the sight of God. And God, you know, God values equally whatever background that we've, that, that we've come, come from. And he wants all to come to him. Amen. There's no specially, special privileged people in the sight of God. We're all equally privileged in, in, God, in God's eyes. You know, so, so we can use the wealth of our cultural variety to, be, to praise God in different ways. We are, you know, our differences in dress, in food, in customs, etc., etc., can all be used to give glory to, glory to God. And is all of equal, is of equal worth. So, when we say that we're part of a particular nation here on, here on earth... Right, we are also part of a greater heavenly kingdom as well. It isn't that we have to do away with our national heritage to become part of the kingdom of God, but we can bring our national heritage with us into the kingdom of God. The, we're not leaving behind or denying it, um, but we're, instead we're bringing, bringing it with us. What we are leaving behind is another kingdom. Right. That's the kingdom of darkness. 
We're moving from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We're not moving from being English or Zimbabwean or Indian or anything like that. We're bringing that with us. But we're moving out of the kingdom of darkness into the the kingdom of light. Um, Colossians Colossians 1.13 says, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. That's the changing kingdom that we're making, out of darkness into light, out from the, from the devil into, into, his, into, into, the, into the son. Um, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, A people for his own possessions that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. We've been chosen by God from every tribe, every nation, every language, every people. We've been chosen to be in his glorious kingdom. We have a national heritage that we are rightly proud of. But we have a greater heritage in Christ Jesus. We're in a greater kingdom than any kingdom on earth. We're in the kingdom of heaven. We're in the kingdom of of God. (coughs) And in that verse I've just read, no, it's our position in that kingdom. We are not lowly paupers in the kingdom. We're not scraping it in by the skin of our teeth. We're not sort of on the edges of the kingdom. We're right in the centre of the kingdom. We have a glorious position in that kingdom. It says that we're a royal priesthood, that we're a holy nation, a people for his own possession. We, We are sons and daughters in the kingdom. We're not servants and slaves we have got a privileged position within that that kingdom he's brought us right into the kingdom and our place is in the highest position within, within that kingdom Paul talks about us being co-heirs with Christ doesn't he on, on an equal standing with Christ he talks about that we've got the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. We call God our Father. We're right in the centre of the kingdom. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but we can call him Father. What a privileged position we have in in that kingdom. So Ephesians 2 and verse 19 says, You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are the fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We're in God's very house. We're not just in the kingdom somewhere on the far reaches of the kingdom, but we're in the palace that's in the centre of God's kingdom. We're We're members of his household. You know, once... We were out of the kingdom. Once we were strangers to God. Once we didn't know God at all. But he brought us in 
to be at the very centre of his will and his purpose, to be in his very house and his very presence. You know, we, 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 we can know on a daily basis the very presence of God himself because he's brought us into, into his kingdom. So what's this kingdom like? In the Jews, in the times of Jesus, knew a lot about kingdom. They understood about a kingdom. They knew what, what kingdoms were. In Bible times, a lot more than now, a kingdom had a king and the king ruled with power and authority. Nowadays, you know, we're often, if, if, if a nation has got a king, they're there sort of as a figurehead and not much more. We're governed by government or president or an election and, and things like that. But then a king ruled. A king ruled with absolute power. So they knew about a ruler and about being subject to a king and having to do what the king commanded. And specifically in Jesus' time, they knew what it was to have their kingdom conquered and overthrown and ruled by somebody else because they were under the, under the power and the oppression and the tyranny of the, of the Romans. So they had a, an idea of kingdom. They knew what a kingdom was. And so when Jesus started to talk about his kingdom... To a large extent, they, 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 knew what a king, they knew what a kingdom was. But Jesus' kingdom was to be very different to the kingdoms, the, the earthly kingdoms that they, that they were used to. So how was it different? Well, first of all, Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom of freedom, not oppression. Amen. You know, many kings... The, the, as I said, they were used to oppressive regimes. And when you think of earthly kingdoms, they seem to be largely like that, don't they? Full of, full of oppression. But Jesus came to give us freedom. It says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And Jesus came to set us free. When he stood up in the synagogue and he read from Isaiah... And he says, and, and he read the scripture from Isaiah, and he said, "Today this is fulfilled in, in your sight." Part of what he said was that he came to set the captives free. He came to bring freedom. Then the Jews had a distorted view of this. They, they knew that the Messiah was coming. They knew he was coming to bring freedom, but. In their mind, a lot of it was political freedom. They were, he was going to come and he was going to free them from the oppression of the Romans. But, but Jesus was looking for something far more than that. Amen. He wasn't looking for, for that sort of freedom. He was looking for a, a spiritual freedom. Right. He was looking to enter their very hearts, right. to set them free from sin. Amen. To set them free from alienation from God so that they could come into relationship, relationship with God. It says in Romans, doesn't it, that the wages of sin is death, 
But the free gift of God is eternal life. Jesus had something far bigger in mind than just setting them free from a temporary tyranny of a Roman Empire. He He wanted to set them eternally free from the power of Satan and sin and give them eternal life. Colossians 1.13 again. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Jesus' kingdom is one that sets us free. The second, the second thing I'd like to say about Jesus' kingdom is that it's a good kingdom, yeah. not a bad kingdom. Right. It's full, it's a kingdom full of blessing and full of good things. God only wants to pour out good upon us. It's not a kingdom that is ruled with a big stick that you have to do this or else. And it's not a kingdom that is full of punishment and full of slavery and full of oppression. It's a kingdom that is full of good things. In Romans 14, 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom is one full of righteousness, full of peace and full of joy. The very things that we need to satisfy in his life, God's kingdom is is full of. Well, it's not just a matter of the temporal, the eating and drinking, the the, the getting, getting enough just to get by. There's a lot more to it than that. There's a fullness there. You know, yes, of course, the the eating and drinking, Paul wasn't saying that that wasn't important. It it is. But there's so much more than that on offering God's kingdom. There's righteousness. There's peace. there's there's, There's joy. And... Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, and, sorry, 14 and 20, he says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. There's power in the kingdom. There's power to be found for you to live a fulfilling, satisfying, purposeful, joyful life. You're not under the oppression and the whim of, of anything. You, you, can, you can rise above your circumstances. You can go forward in the power of God and see God working in your life in, in the kingdom because there's power in the kingdom to meet you in, in, in your needs. It's a good kingdom is the kingdom of God. There's no bad in it at all. The third thing I'd like, like to say about the, the king, about the kingdom is that it's an eternal kingdom. It's not temporary. Like I've said before, the, the Jews largely were, look, were looking for a, a temporary solution to their immediate problem. Jesus gives an eternal solution to an eter, eternal problem. In Daniel 7 and 14, it says, To him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion 
is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. His is an everlasting kingdom. And in Isaiah it says of the increase of his kingdom and government there will be no end. It's a, it's an increasing kingdom. It's a kingdom that's moving forward. It's a kingdom that's not going to go end. Go, not going to end, but it's just going to go on eternally. It's an eternal, everlasting kingdom. You know, Jesus is. Good. We we haven't seen the fullness of that yet, but it's increasing. It's, it's going on. There will be no end to it. And there will be a day coming when we will see that kingdom in all its glorious yes. fullness. And there will be no end to it. You know, kingdoms of this world, they come, they, they go, don't they? Yes. Kings, are, kings establish themselves, but they are so easily overthrown. And, and another ruler's come in, and you don't know what you're going to get. With Jesus, he says, I'm going to establish my kingdom. It's a good kingdom, and it's a kingdom that will never, that will never end. It's, it's eternal. It's not, it's not temporary. That's why, why Jesus said, when he was teaching the disciples to pray... He said, he said, pray, thy kingdom come, yeah. thy will be done, as earth on, as it, it is in heaven. He wanted to see the growth and the establishment of his kingdom on earth as it is, as, as it is in heaven. Yeah. You know, this earth isn't fading away and he's going into oblivion. It's going to be restored to the glorious condition of God's original plan. Amen. Yes. Amen. That's, right. That's what God is doing. That's why he sent Jesus into the, into, into the world. And we are part of that plan. We can, we, can, we can pray and we can work to bring his kingdom in, into being. In our lives and the lives of others, others around, around us. Let your kingdom come Lord. Amen. That's, that's the work that, that God is, is, is doing. Fourth, I'd like to say that it's a present kingdom and it's not, not, ju not just a future kingdom. Right. You know, many when we, when we get to elections, we've had one fairly recently, we've had one this year, the, the parties are full of promises, aren't they? <laughs> They're full of wonderful promises. And if you vote for them, everything is going to be wonderful. But it never seems to quite work out when they get into power, does it? And they break this promise and that promise and the, 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 the other promise. But God's kingdom is not like that. It is full of promises, but it's full of promises that are fulfilled. And it's a present kingdom. It's not just a load of promises for the, for the future. It's, it's the future, but it's the here and now, right. right now, we are living in God's kingdom now. Right. It is not something that starts after we die and when we get to heaven. God's kingdom is, is not just 
pie in the sky when we die. Yeah? But it's spread on my bread, so I'm fed. On steak on the plate. Whilst you wait. <laughs> you know, yet yeah, we, we have a hope of heaven in eternity, but we have a present reality of the presence of God with us right now. We're not going to a kingdom, we're already in the kingdom. And Jesus, he spoke a lot about his kingdom whilst he was on earth. But most of what he was saying was not about the future kingdom, but it was about the present kingdom there and then. In a lot of his parables, you know, he, he, he talked about lost coins and lost sheep. He talked about using your talents. He talked about treasure in a field or merchants selling pearls. And he would say all the time, he would say, the kingdom of God is like this. And they were all, if you read them, they were all about present life there weren't that there were things about about future and heaven and what would happen but a lot of it was was about the here and now the here and now it was about entering the kingdom it was about proclaiming the kingdom it was it was about using what god has given you whilst you're here now it's the it was the here and now god's kingdom is here now and we are part of that kingdom and we, we are involved in spreading the good news of that kingdom into, into the world that so desperately needs to hear about it. At one point, you, you see, the, the Jews didn't really see this. The Pharisees asked Jesus, in, in Luke 17 and verse 20, they said, they said, when the kingdom of God comes, you know, what's it, what's it going to be like? And, and Jesus said, well, you, you're not going to, be able to point to anything and say, here's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of God. He says, for the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now, that was a direct reference to him. With Jesus, the kingdom of God is, is there. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And, and today, the kingdom of God is in the, midst, in the midst of us. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We Jesus was the kingdom of God then, but we are the kingdom of God now. We are the kingdom of God. We are Jesus' representatives on, on earth. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So we are the kingdom of God, and we can truly say now, we can say to Keithley, the kingdom of God is in the midst of, of you, because we are here. We are the kingdom of God. Next, I'd like to say that the, 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 the kingdom is voluntary. It's not obligatory. You don't have to, you're not forced into the kingdom. You've got a choice. You've got a, you, you've got a choice. It's not that, that a, an oppressive tyrant king is coming and conquering a nation and taking it over and putting its subjects into slavery. There's an invite there for you to come into the kingdom. But the choice is yours. 
Jesus says, he says, come to me all you who are weary and heavily laden. There's an invite there that Jesus is making. But you don't have to if you don't want, don't want to. John 3.16, the most famous verse of all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. There's a choice there. We've got to make that decision to believe in him to enter into his, his kingdom. He's not forcing his kingdom upon us. It's our decision. Jesus is inviting us into his kingdom, but it, it's, it's, it's our decision. He longs for everybody to come into his kingdom. In John 6 and verse 37, he says, Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. You don't have to pass an exam to get into his kingdom. You don't have to um, look to your parents and your heritage to get into his kingdom. You don't have to have enough money to get into his kingdom. You don't have to promise to do this, that or the other to get into his kingdom. His invitation is open and it's free and it's available to all. You just have to come to him and he accepts you. And he says, I'm not going to cast you out. His kingdom is voluntary. It's not obligatory, but the invitation is open for each and every one to come into, to come into his kingdom. Finally, his kingdom is inclusive, it's not exclusive. Like I've said, it's available to, to all. You know, nowadays to certain countries, if you want to go in the country, you have to have a visa. You're vetted and you're checked. And if you come up to standards, they will allow you into the, into the, into the country. You know, like I said, Jesus is inclusive. Yes. He, his invitation is open to all. Right. There is nobody that misses out. What we say... As we said at the beginning, we're celebrating all nations this, this morning. Jesus longs for all nations to come Amen. to him. Yes. Everyone in every tribe and in every, in every nation is, is inclusive, not, not exclusive. Finally, in the kingdom... There's a role to play. We're not redundant. Amen. We're not just sitting, occupying a, a seat. Jesus gives us a role to play. It's an ambassadorial role that we have to, have to play. In, in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 20 it says... We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, ambassadors play a very important role, don't they? Representing 
the country's interests into foreign nations. They play a really important role. We are representing heaven's interests here on earth. You know, but it, it's not like an earthly ambassador who's trying to gain this or that for his country and get the best deal or whatever. It's a role of reconciliation that we, that we play. It's a role of invitation saying, come and enjoy the goodness and the greatness of the kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's an, invita an open invitation for others to come in. We have found the goodness of God in our lives. Jesus says, now go out and tell others about it. Now go out and bring others in. Let them know about that goodness as well. Let them know that they too can be reconciled to God. We were once enemies with God. Because of the sin in our lives, through Jesus' death on the cross, we've been reconciled to God. You, that enmity has been done away with. Yes. The, the, our sins have been wiped away and we come into a full relationship with God. We now can be God's ambassadors, telling others of that good news <coughs> that... That we, that we have found. Yes. You know, one of the parables I mentioned was the parable of the talents, whereby um, the master gives, he goes away, but he gives the servants various amounts of talents. And the one that's condemned is the one that does nothing with the talent that he is given. He just buries it away. Jesus hasn't saved us for just as, for us to sit around and do nothing. Right, to do right. nothing with the talents we've been given. He's given us those talents so that we may use them in the extension of the, his kingdom. Amen. In the glorifying of his name. In the reaching out to others. The final point that I want to make then is found in Mark 3 and verse 24. Um, here Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the Pharisees are saying it's by the power of the devil that you're casting out demons. And, de and Jesus replies, you know, he, he, he replies, well, you know, that's, that's just ridiculous he says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. He said, even in the devil's kingdom, there's agreement between the demons in what they're trying to do. Because if, they, if, they, if it wasn't, it would just fall apart. How much more do we need not to be divided in God's kingdom? If what that applies to Satan's kingdom, it applies to the kingdom of God too. Right. If we're going to be divided, we're going to fall. Yeah. But if we're going to be united, we can, we can stand. And as we stand, we can see 
God move amongst us. Amen. We can see the purposes of God for his kingdom right here in Keithley being fulfilled. But we, we need to be united together. We need to work together. We need to, we need to put aside, though, like, back to what I was starting on, put aside those differences that divide and celebrate those differences that unite. That in our that we support one another with our differences, that we each play the God-given role that we Amen. that we have, so that we are united together and that we move forward Amen. in our in our unity. Yeah. Let it be, Lord. Let it we be. relationships are hard work. They're tremendously rewarding, but they are hard work. They don't just happen. We need to work at it to be united together. That it's, you know, it's so important, is this, that as we're united together, we need to put aside our differences. So that when, when people, you know, we, we need to bear with one another. Yeah? We need to bear with one another. You know, even if even if others are doing things that are not right and not proper, we need to bear with one another. That is not an excuse on the other hand to do silly, stupid, bad things. We need to be doing what is right and what is good and what is, is proper. We need to be for one another, not against one another. We need each of us to get closer to God. Because as we get closer to God, so we will get closer to one, one another. We have, a res- we have a responsibility, not just to ourselves in our own relationship with God. We have a responsibility to each other that we have a close relationship with, with God. We are accountable to one another. You know, we're, we're, in the, we're, in the, we're in a kingdom and we're living by the principles and rules of that kingdom. And so we live together. We need to live together. We need to be united. We need to move forward to, together. Amen. We're part of a glorious kingdom. We've got a glorious purpose. We've got a glorious commission. Yes. Let's move forward together to see that, that, that purpose and that commission fulfilled in this place. Amen. Amen.